You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. My name is Joe Swanson. Thank you to my sponsors, Sullen Clothing, Kingpin Tattoo Supply, Inky's Tattoo Products, Black Flies Eyewear, Wacom, and Tattoos Cure Cancer. Please visit the website, sullenradio.com. You're going to find all of the old shows as well as the show's blog. You can expect that to pop off here in the near future. I'm going to get some stuff up there for you guys to enjoy. If you'd like to get tattooed by me, please email me your ideas to joe at sullenradio.com. And as always, gratitude to everyone who's been listening each week. I really appreciate everyone who's been sharing the show with their friends and families. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, and this is my talk with artist Damon Conklin. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Cool. Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. My guest today is the super genius himself, Damon Conklin. What's up, man? What's up? <laughs> dude, I love it. Sound effects and everything, man. It was, yeah. I've been so excited to talk to you, dude, because um, we haven't really spoken or, or uh, seen each other since Colorado a few years shit it's been a few years ago now or i know right and uh we had it's we a got lot of elevation you know it's... yeah man <laughs> you know we both had uh uh flight leaving we left late that uh convention and you had a flight you kind of postponed i think your trip a little bit to to hang around and we had dinner or lunch it was fun you got to meet my mom and my wife and yeah and uh so cool man what's been going on with you dude it's uh it's fun for me to talk to you <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know uh, how many people know to what degree or whatever, but I basically spent the up till about 110 days ago, I was basically working every day, but doing tons of cocaine. So, uh, so my lack of presence out on the road and stuff like that, that's all revolving around that I got sober uh, and uh, clean. And so I've just been working my ass off, you know, like, my life is like that Mel Gibson movie, uh, Payback. Like the first five minutes in slow motion, just yeah, getting yeah. everything back, you know? Yeah. What, what led up to that change, you know, that big change? What was it that you hit that wall that you were like, man, I got to fucking make a change 110 days ago? You know, what's funny is, uh, is I was caught up, you know, and I know for anybody out there who's been through this kind of stuff, like I didn't know how messed up I was. What happened was I had friends that I hadn't been in touch with in like three years, like a lot of really close friends who I knew through 20 years of being clean and sober beforehand. And they waited till I was at a low point and they confronted me and they, they got a hold of everybody that was in my life and created a situation where I had no choice but to go to treatment. Mm -hmm. And then while I was in treatment about four or five days into it, I realized, whoa, dude, I'm fucked up. I really do need to get clean. I didn't want to get clean when I went in. I just want people off my back. Mm -hmm. So I really like, uh, it's, uh, I'm really lucky to have amazing friends like that. Mm -hmm that were willing to, to go through that uh, for me. Four days in, you just thought about them and said, you know what, fuck it, they made such an effort to get me to this place, I should make that commitment back to them to really give it a, give it a shot, or what flipped in your brain? Well, I mean, there's definitely some of that in there because there's no doubt that it's touching to have friends really acting on your behalf when I'm kind of fighting against them and, uh, and I've been ignoring them for three years because I didn't want them to interrupt my fucking drug use, you know? But, uh, but really, I just uh, realized that I was messed up. Mm -hmm. 
And thankfully, you know, having a prime directive as an artist and having feeling like I have a life mission to contribute whatever is in my messed up head in art to the world, you know what I mean? Um, I, I felt like uh, I just knew that I wasn't doing, it wasn't good. I knew yeah. it wasn't good and I knew I wasn't happy. I was brutally unhappy. And so I was just lucky that I was in treatment, that I had that realization, that I had the support, you know, all these things. And even that I'd been sober before and I knew, like, that, that the party's not over when I get sober. The party actually starts because I'm available. Right, right. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, the direction now with your work, um, you, you know, you – has it changed or is it just more – you're more active now that you – less partying and more, you know, um, practicing well, art? Well, I guess it's definitely changed in some respects. Uh, I mean, when you've been drawing and painting for a really long time, as you know, uh, I mean, you, you do, you make what you make. You can switch mediums and it'll look different because it's a different medium, uh, which is what I did, but it's still kind of, it's still me doing all this stuff. So, so in some respects, you know, I went from doing massive, weird oil paintings to these like, you know, 20 minute to three hour marker drawings, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm still a workaholic. I'm still hella productive. I still draw girls, skulls, knives, guns, pit bulls. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like we're tattooers, bro. You know? <laughs> yeah. Do you find, do you find that it's hard for, um, you, you talk about coming back to those like real classic images. Do you find that, uh, they're all, they're always there, huh? I mean, it's just from your history as a tattooer, it's just kind of ingrained in you. It kind of is, and it's kind of ingrained from just being a dude and a kid or weird, you know, like, I mean, I read heavy metal magazines when I was a kid and I drew like dudes with battle axes and skulls and hot chicks with guns. And, you know, yeah. I didn't know what they looked like in person yet, but uh, I, I drew them, you know. <laughs> right. What, <laughs> so were, just, what were your influences back then? Like when you were a kid drawing, where did you grow up and, and, and how, did, how, how did you get into art, man? Oh, well, it's funny. Uh, okay, so the life story thing. So I, I, I was raised in Tacoma. Um, I was given to my granddaddy when I was 18 months old. So, uh, so basically, I was in, he was a black guy who thought he was a Mexican. <laughs> Rolled me in school with a Mexican name, Ponzone, his last name, Benson. I totally have a criminal record under that name and everything. Like, it's really weird. But uh, <laughs> not on my birth certificate, never was. But anyway, he didn't, nobody in my family encouraged drawing, but uh, it, was, it was an abusive home. It was kind of fucked up, you know? So when I got a chance to hide and be alone, I drew. And I just believed drawing was just in me, you know what I mean? Because I never received tons of encouragement. I just liked to do it. And I liked heavy metal music. And I liked, uh, you know, I liked some punk rock stuff. Um, I liked girls. Uh, I like, you know what I mean? So I just drew what I liked. If I saw a Star Wars, whatever, I drew Star Wars, you know, I just kid stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, today, where's the, uh, I love the, I love the marker stuff, man. It's, it's been Thanks. cool. I've never really messed with markers too much. What, what's it like, uh, for you now playing around with that? Well, for me, it's my native medium. You know, uh, when I got out of art school, the first time I got sober, I lasted 20 years and I went to art school in the very beginning got into video games, uh, did some like monster concept drawings and uh, some, some all kinds of art regarding video games. And uh, so I used markers then. When I came into tattooing and started busting flash, I just was like, 
just I just used my native medium. Everyone else is using colored pencils. And I'm like, you guys are taking forever to grind that colored pencil down, you know, grind your fingers down to the bone, dude. Yeah. Just and the markers were real easy. So it gave me an advantage. Um, and uh, and I had this idea that I would go through this period where I oil painted like in my 40s, which is exactly what happened, ironically. Um, I don't think I'm smart enough to carry out that plan. I just think I kind of had an intuitive idea of what might happen and got lucky. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but then, but so then coming back to, my plan was always to go back to drawing because oil painting was about translating a lot of imagery. And if there was a creative process, it was more in how I arranged the photographic imagery or how I, but it was still translating photos. And now I'm just like, just fucking drawing, man. Yeah. Just like, just like when I was six, leaning over the bed, you know, just drawing, you know. Yeah. It was it was cool to me the first time that we met you, and I've never really oil painted. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I will if I will embark down that path, uh, but <laughs> yeah. But one thing you, it was interesting how you described it to me because I'm a watercolor guy, and you're like watercolor mm -hmm. man. It's fucking like diffusing a time bomb every stroke, you know, oh. and. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the oil was more like, hey, I can just empty canvas and start building and I can just sure. let it organically create. So yeah. very cool, man, to, to have that idea and for you to be back in that place kind of with with, you know, a medium that you are familiar with from that time when art was super duper dynamic to you. And and yeah. uh, it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. And I do plan to use. I mean, the nice thing about cranking out hundreds of sketches constantly is that um, when I decide to do paintings, now I'm not painting off the top of my head. I'm not just painting to paint. Now I have like resource material. I have some research and development and I can really pick my favorite ones and really m try to make really cool paintings instead of just painting whatever's on for the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great, man. Um, what's... Uh, Talk about your tattooing these days. How, how is uh, how's it developing? Where are you at with it? What are you digging? What are you fucking hating? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Well, I, I've been booked out for so long, Joe, man. I mean, probably I've been booked out for more than two months for over 15 years, you know? Yeah. So I've never, it's so long since I've had to do anything that I don't want to do. Like, I just do whatever I want to do every day on people I want to do it on. And it's, so I'm super spoiled. But, um... But I've, right now, I have a lot of clients who are really letting me, uh, there's a few that are actually letting me take my time and put in extra sessions just to pull out painterly effects. Mm -hmm. so, and uh, I'm still, you know, I do a lot of flowers. Uh, somewhere my uh, love for drawing girls turned into a love for drawing flowers, which is weird. I don't know. Uh, now I get to tattoo on the girls instead of just seeing them across the street. Hey, there you go. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, flowers. I still do a certain amount of skulls because somehow people like what I do with skulls or whatever. Um, some like religious imagery, like some Renaissance style stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's my tattoo favorites. It's funny. They don't change. I feel like that boat because of clientele. It's like steering a ship, right? Uh, my personal style, that's a performance vehicle. Like I can turn it on a dime. I can stop oil painting today and start markering. I can start markering and start watercoloring yeah. or sculpting or whatever, you know, like Paulo Acuna. He does like four million things, you know, like, but, uh, but in tattooing, you got to steer it slowly. So, um, but it is taking us 
a turn more into the painterly and with less emphasis on exact realism or whatever, you know? Yeah, man. You, you know, you've been active, you know, like you said, for a lot of years, conventions and in the tattoo scene. How, how do you... What do you make of all this thing, man? The the <laughs> new the new technology, the you know the ability to be connected, even just like we are here on this podcast, you know. Oh yeah. Well, I remember you know getting my first job at Slave to the Needle twenty years ago, and like we didn't have dragon books, bro. Like if you want to do a Japanese dragon, that's why they all look terrible in the magazines because mm -hmm. none of us knew what they looked like. You know, you could draw the Ed Hardy dragon, but we didn't really want to just draw that and. You know, you could go take pictures of plates in Chinatown or something, you know, but right. uh, so, yeah, this is all crazy. And I you had to go. You, you went and took pictures of plates in Chinatown, hope they were in focus. And then you had to go to develop them. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. It wasn't just like yeah. iPhone picture. Updating Instagram, you know, yeah. this is like, cha yep. oh, shit, I opened it too soon. All my films blown, you know, yep. like exactly. Yeah. Man, that's the days of that kind of stuff, man. I just went through a shit ton of uh, pictures from, uh, you know, the time. I mean, since I started tattooing, you know, yeah. since those early few months. And um, I did a takeover of uh, Americana tattoos on Instagram. Go to, if, you, if anybody that's listening, you want to, you know, know a little bit more about my history and, and uh, my love for tattooing and, and traditional tattooing you know, predominantly where that comes from. You go check out that takeover. But, um, yeah. man, it's, it, you know, it's wild looking at those old pictures, you know. And, shit, <laughs> Lucky, ba Lucky Bastard just did one, too. And, you know, he's got so many cool pictures, you know, of, of stuff. And these days, that's like all that stuff is coming out on in, over Instagram, over your feed every day, every day. And I think we're desensitized to it a little bit. I love it. I definitely have, like, I start my day and I end my day on Instagram. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it's just an easy thing to do. You can lay there in bed and be like, oh, I'm not going to sleep yet. Just six more butts and tattoos, you know. Because, uh, you know, Facebook, everybody just complains all the time. Yes. And then you go to Instagram and it's like, dude, pizza, booty, and tattoos. I am in heaven. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. I used to joke, like, um, I think I've said it on this podcast. You, like, look at my... Uh, um, my feed, like what's liked, it's like tattoos, pictures <laughs> of flowers, birds, and chicks, yeah. you know, like that's Happy it. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. totally awesome. cool, man. But no, um, it's great because we have all this inspiration. Um, anything that you want to draw, anything you want to learn how to draw, there's process, information and videos out there about any kind of oil painting, particular styles, tattooing. Um, so many tattooers crushing it. The machines that have a finer control over the impact wound of a tattoo needle, which is why I think that all these kids with 70,000 Instagram followers are making amazing tattoos that it took me 20 years to get close to, right. you know? Cause it's just the impact wound of a cartridge machine is more controlled. So there's less side wobble, it's a cleaner wound. Right. Like when you're shooting at the range and the target's not blowing in the wind at all, but yep. when it is, you get a rip, you know? Like, yep. I don't know if you shoot, but. I do. I Man, I was I was a cop for seven years, man. Oh, so shit. yeah, you know, shit. <laughs> shit, man. Yeah, you know, I, I found myself at one point in my life like needing to uh, being pushed in a direction of stability, and and I got to do this for my family, and and yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So I did it. I was I was a cop for seven years. I shot a shit ton. Um, yeah. You know, forty cows. I shot you know the shotguns. We shot AR-15s, yeah. like all that stuff, man. It was. Yeah, I yeah. love shooting. 
Yeah, it's fun. So, but no, that makes sense. You know, it's 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 that similar idea. What do you use for a setup right now? What's uh, um, I use a, I use the two Neotap machines and uh, two like coil based machines. And the coil based machine, I, it's funny. I have like one that like Tramp uh, Terry Welker gave me like a million years ago that I three line with. I've got a drawer full of sick machines. I just you know, it's a good machine. It runs good. It's yeah. not, nobody talks about, dude, that's the awesome blah, blah, blah. I have a couple of Sobas that I rotate in and out of my line setup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the sickest Drickenberg machine. I'm going to show you because I love okay. this machine. All right. I want to see. <laughs> Can you see it? Uh, hold it's it up, up higher. There you go. There we go. Oh, man. That does that's look sick. Right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dude, you know what? It's it's cool that these uh, you know machine builders like like Danny and some of these other guys, and even um, dudes like Dave Gibson are getting into these you know hand hand tooling these machines and yeah. filigree on them. And man, it's beautiful. It's a whole other art on top of the art of this you know um, big time functional yeah. piece of art, which is the machine. You know. I still, I talk to Dan occasionally, but I want to have him, uh, like Romeo and Juliet out one of my pistols, man. That'd be Ooh, sick. That would be sick. <laughs> you know? Which one would you do that with? What, what pistol do you have that you like that you think you would? Um, you know, I think I, I have a, I have a double stack 45, uh, a paramilitary one that, that I think the slide, I think it's a cross between like impact visually and material and stuff like that. Me and him talked a little bit, but we seemed like that was the one yeah. to use, you know? That's cool, Plus, it's man. a show-off gun anyway. I mean, who's going to carry around a big horse killer, you know? <laughs> right. That's, not, that's for fun, dude. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> this buddy of mine had a, um, it was some sort of 1911 model uh, pistol, and he had a couple, this old, um, this big safe, and he had a couple loose diamonds, he said, you know, in his safe, right? <laughs> and yeah, so he takes and he um, has a jeweler place the diamond on the site of his uh, 1911. Ooh. And then he had ivory grips put on it and yeah. um, tricked it out, man. It was cool. With that diamond at the sick. end, oh, oh man. Yeah, that's so a cool slick. piece of work. If you're looking at a diamond before you die, dude. Right? <laughs> For real. Look at the movies, you know? Like, yeah. Like, I'm surprised someone in Hollywood hasn't used that yet. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Right here, I get royalties, right? Come on, I get points Boom. on the back end. Boom, it's proof on the internet. That's exactly. one thing about the internet. It's proof of timing. Totally, man, totally. So, <laughs> you still traveling a bit uh, to conventions and getting it, staying involved? Getting back in that now. Yeah. now um, I had, I, I mean, because of what I did, I, I had a lot of catching up to do financially. Right. So, so I've been part of my work and my ass off thing has just been like getting caught back up on all the things, make, saving my shop and making sure that's back up and strong and running. So the, really the Palm Springs show with the Sullen guys, that's going to be my first big back. Besides right out of treatment, four days out of treatment, I went to uh, the Paradise show because my art was on the uh, poster and shit. So I, I uh, had to go to that. How was that? Get, I mean, right back into it um, four days after. I mean, it was... Dude, it was to, to me really like the tattoo world is my family, yeah. you know what I mean? And so to be able to come back and see a bunch of my family and let them know I'm okay, because, you know, they, people knew whether I was, you know, thought they did or not. People knew that I was in bad shape, you know? And so to come back and get that love, you know, and, and just let them know I'm okay. It was important for me and it felt good to just receive that love really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great, man. I, yeah. I, I, I dig it. So um, yeah, the Palm Springs show seems like 
Um, I didn't. I wasn't able to go last year, but it seems like that's a great, fun show, man. With the pool parties and it's in the Hard Rock and it's you know, is there gotta a be a good time. Rock, Joe? I don't know. I think. because uh, <laughs> I like casinos. Save your save your money, motherfucker. Save your money. <laughs> oh man, I'm all good. I, I, I gamble responsibly. You that's know? good. That's good. What's your game of choice? Poker, <laughs> roulette. What do you think? So Blackjack. <laughs> Slots. Are you for real? I yeah, I I sit. It's me and a bunch of old Asian women, man. We just oh play slots, gosh. dude. That's awesome. You know what? I, I just like the party environment, dude. I'm yeah. not really a real gambler. I just like to fuck around. I have uh, money where I can trick off a hundred or two hundred dollars. Yeah, and yeah. I just like to, you know, the girls are looking good. The music's playing. Yeah. The well, ding, 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 ding is going. It's a party, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's great. There was this uh, lady in Minnesota when I was tattooing out there, and she had, uh, her and her husband said, you know, claim to the, have this foolproof um, slot <laughs> method, right? Yeah, so here's what they would do. <laughs> he goes, the guy, now this, this might have worked for, may have worked for them for, um, you know, as many times as they've done it, but just they wait. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fail eventually, <laughs> but here's their deal. So they say, all right, we're going to take $800 up to the casino and we're going to walk in and we're going to pick one of the slots right up by the door, right? Because they're the looser ones because you want to get people enticed in there so that they're going to win more. <laughs> so anyway, so they said, now you got to sit there at that fucking right. slot machine for 24 hours. Like you can't get up to go to the bathroom. You, you can't. know how much money you can lose in 24 hours, I'm Joe. telling you, man. I, there's ho I didn't say there wasn't hey, holes to the story. You the Pentagon in 24 hours. I know. Machine, I, I didn't say there wasn't <laughs> holes in the story. All I'm saying is what I'm relaying the information. So, and they said, yeah, swear to God, you know, we'll just, you just got to sit there and keep plugging in, plugging in money. And then eventually that shit will hit and uh, you'll get all your money back. So they were the man, they were, you know how people come into the shop oh, and they got stories as big as, you know, shit. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, I always say, I don't care if the story's true. I don't need to put trust on people. Uh -uh. Is it entertaining? See, right. we were entertained in a motherfucker. Let's talk about that shit. That was, right? that was good. Yeah. That's a good story. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I could tell you one about a guy in a park in the middle of the night, naked on a picnic bench, too. Was it you? No. It wasn't <laughs> Gus, was it? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. I'll save that. I'll save that one for another story. No, this was right. uh, at, some, at one point towards the end when I was a cop, uh, we got a call of this guy and he was uh, man. It, 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 the story's wild, dude. It, it, it involves, you know anal penetration and some other things too so oh, it's wow. wild it's wild <laughs> well it is gay pride weekend here in seattle well, so shit, uh, man so way to segue right into that that's awesome uh, yeah well everybody you know listen to the podcast shit <laughs> i love it but uh yeah man it's uh it's a fun time to be tattooing dude you know it's a fun time to be involved in the business around the industry even um you know and it's especially like when you're when you put in your time, like, you know, an artist like yourself, you put in the time, you, you got the background with the amount of reps you need in the, in the painting yeah. and the different mediums. It's, it's one of the, you know, it's a, it's a fast paced, fun place to be right now. You know, it's a fun time to be in it and know what you're doing. Yeah. Remember, dude, remember when all the tattoo girls were ugly? Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Dude, almost all of them were gnarly, dude. Yeah. Or ferocious. Totally. Like, you, for real. You know, like. <laughs> 
Like now, like they're all smoking hot chicks running around conventions. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. People are like, don't you hate all this? Me? I'm like, no, not at all. Look <laughs> around you, dude. I'm pumped. Yep. It's like a child bathing in peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I couldn't be happier, man. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite convention just, to hit? Yeah. Uh, well, the Palm Springs show coming up. And, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I always thought that like the Long Beach uh, Queen Mary show was a lot of fun. Yeah. Salt Lake City show. Uh, it's a great combination of artistry and fun. Uh, you know, there's Austin, Marcy's show down there, uh, Live Fast. Um, uh, man, there's just, there's a lot of good shows. Uh, the London convention is cracking, full of smoke yeah. and talent. A great introduction to like all of what's going on in Europe and all that. Barcelona show, I have a soft spot in my heart. Uh, you Watch know, Italy, anything in Italy, Barcelona. Have you been to Barcelona, bro? No, I haven't. I want to go. That's why you don't ask why you're asking the question, <laughs> man. Barcelona is amazing. Yeah. Those people, you ask them what they do, and they're like, oh, I, I go to the beach. I like to surf. I, uh, oh, you're American. I make a pizza. Fuck a pizza. Okay, who cares about the job? It's not, it's just a job, you know? It's like, I love it, man. They just don't care. Such <laughs> a different mentality, huh? They're, they're just about life and just the moment and having fun. Yeah. And Spaniards are cool. That's yeah. cool, man. That's cool. I had buddies. like Actually, that's how I got into tattooing was the shop that I became an apprentice at um, back in the mid-'90s um, mm -hmm. was losing a, uh, a tattooer named Ugly Bill to um, <laughs> a spot in Spain. Um, because there's a guy named Good Looking Bill that came into the industry. Exa you know? Exactly. And, and uh, there was a... Um, an opening. So, uh, anyways, he went over to Spain. I think my friend Chris knows Ugly Bill over yeah, here. Yeah, he's the guy that does uh, special technique rotaries. Oh shit! Oh wait, no, no, no. This is a different guy. Different guy. Um, so, so many ugly, so many bills. Yeah. Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is. Uh, hey, Chris, head in over here. Come here. This was a dude that was uh, working down in uh, Monterey. He went over and worked at Mal and Kathy's uh, over in. Uh, hey, what's up, man? Mal and Kathy. <laughs> yeah, over in Madrid. So. I had a bunch of friends, man, that went over there that I started with that ended up working for Mal and Kathy over there. And they worked at, in, in Madrid and Ibiza and all that. Yeah, you pop right in and make some money, man. You Hell know? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So <laughs> right on, man. So what's going on at your shop, dude? You got, you're right there in Seattle. Talk about yeah. that scene up there, man. Well, we're in a good location because we're surrounded by it. We're in, like, the place to be. They're actually going to start blocking off our street at night uh, in, like, in, like, three or four weeks because it, they're going to do the whole like Bourbon Street, Sixth Street, Deep Ellum kind of thing where you just, everybody wanders around, uh, does a bunch of things that they don't want to remember and leaves them there and goes home, you know? <laughs> Hopefully one of those is tattoos. Oh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah. totally. That's great. Yeah. So what's, uh, um, did you grow, you, you, you didn't say you grew up in Seattle. Uh, how long have you been there? Uh, I've been in Seattle for like 23 years or something. Yeah. I grew up like 40 miles away. Okay. All right. Yeah, for sure. And you start, and man, you mentioned Slave to the Needle. That's another, um, I was actually looking through a magazine the other day and saw Aaron Bell tattooing and I was like, damn, man, yeah. Slave to the Needle. Anytime anybody, you know, um, talks about that, you know, that, that area, it's the first thing that comes oh, to your dude. mind. The, I, I couldn't believe how lucky I was. I, tat I tattooed out of my apartment for four months, got a job at Slave to the Needle. Wow. That's amazing. That's like Thor, that's like Odin coming down and going, that Thor tattoo is sick, dude. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> that's like just getting blessed right off the bat, you uh, know? Talk about that. Like, what, what do you think contributed to that? You know, um, only tattooing four months and then, and then walking in there and being able to do that? Or, 
Um, um, well, I mean, I think I think we had a, we had we had chemistry. You know, me and Aaron are friends to this day, and our friendship has survived our personalities, mine especially, <laughs> uh, which can be rough at times. Uh, but um, but you know, I had a strong sketchbook. I was full of like my monster concept drawings from when I was working with SquareSoft and shit like that. And uh, so you know, and back then there wasn't ninety thousand tattooers with. 80,000 Instagram followers. There was just like, there wasn't, like the art schools hadn't started dumping into tattooing yet. I knew it was coming, but it didn't, it hadn't happened yet. Right, and right. so, so, you know, of course I left it, I got tattooed there and I left my sketchbook like open to a, the right page, you know, and shit <laughs> in a public area. So, oh, I didn't leave. Oh, I'm sorry. I left that there, you know. Right, right. But, but You're yeah, so. Strategic. Oh, you, you gotta be, man. You yeah. gotta, you know. Hustle can't be blind, bro, you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. That's great. What did you get tattooed when you went in there for, at first? <laughs> Please. Check this bad boy out right here, man. Woo! Can that one? Lift up to see it? Yeah, oh, there you that. go. Yeah. That's that is sick. not Anthony Akita's son. That is not the son from the Godsmack album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's custom, bro. Oh, totally, <laughs> man. It's got the all-seeing eye in there, the triangle, the... The uh, the tribal rays, it's sick. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get pretty heavily tattooed out of that shop? I mean, yeah, um, yeah, I got. Uh, well, I got most of my work back then from a guy named Joel Kennedy. Okay, and, yeah. Uh, and he he tattooed there and bounced around all over. Um, I also got uh, like right when I started, I was planning on getting a half sleeve from Aaron anyway. So he did the craziest thing I've ever heard of, which is he was like. He's like, dude, I believe in you, and I see, and I and I see that you can draw and stuff, but you're new. I want to trade tattoos with you, but I'm gonna do this now, and in two years, you're gonna tattoo me. Wow. And th and that's what we did. That's wild. That's really crazy, man. I mean, but when I think back over those first few years, uh, I just I just could never do enough to repay Aaron for you know. For the grace he showed me, man, because he really he brought me in when I was still really young and raw. My personality was gnarly back then, dude. I was really, really wound up. I'm 48, dude, and I'm kind of wound up already, right? Can you imagine with 20 years less refinement, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's wild, man. That's such a crazy concept, like a crazy belief in in somebody that says, you know what, I'm going to you know, put two years into you because you have this, we have this appointment, you yeah, know? Yeah. A world famous dude who can go yeah. anywhere and get tattooed by anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, mm. that blows me away. What's the biggest difference that you see in our industry from that time to now? You know, this whole, like, it's funny, like, there's a lot of these people that have this notion, like, well, we're, we're trying to protect the industry and, you know, I don't want to teach this or that. Either. I'm like, dude, turn on the internet. You know, whatever you're trying to protect, you know, your gun doesn't work. Yeah. You're trying to kill, <laughs> you're trying to kill a wizard with a paladin and that don't, it just don't work, you know, D&D right. &D nerd. But, right. um, <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is uh, the doors are wide open, which is why the creativity is flowing like crazy. I remember like six years ago or so, me and Sean Barber were talking about how, um, uh, in tattoos, we do a very small amount of what's graphically possible in a 2D medium, you know, um, art style wise. We pretty much are stuck on realism or a couple very specific stylized 
styles, you know, like traditional Japanese, blah, 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 biomech, you know, but just, just a few very narrow ones. Nowadays, that's, that's not the case. Nowadays, there's people doing weird black paint stripes down someone. There's people doing blacked out arms and doing uh, negative stuff out of that. There's people doing like a realistic image with some type across it with a red paint splatter. Like there's like there's just the styles of really they're just they're just unfolding into just about everything people will do in a painting. Yeah, I think I talked to um, Marshall, or I think I talked with Marshall Bennett about that on my first podcast when I had him on, and we talked about how, you know, now you can have, and that was even a couple years ago, you know, yeah. even then you started to see this, this juxtaposition uh, of these different styles, more so now, but um, even back then you had um, these, like, you had black and gray, but then you had, this is East Los Angeles black and gray. This is right. European black and gray. This mm -hmm. is stippled black and gray. This is heavy dark. This is super light. You had right. all these different, like, you know, levels and, and variances yeah. within the one style even, you know. Um, I, you know what I'm really excited about is, like, all these people, and I hate, I know I'll leave a million people out, but, but Timmy B is the first person that comes to mind that are doing, like, the kind of, like, new school kind of stuff we were doing in the 90s, except he's kicking all of our ass at it. You know what I mean? Like, like they're just doing these amazing, playful, colorful, uh, with lots of depth. And they're, I mean, the drawings are nailed, the, you know, it's, and it's just, and, and, it, and it went away for a while. And then it came back, all of a sudden I turned on the computer and there was a million people doing what I was trying to do in 98, way better. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah I, wonder, I wonder what it took you know, what contributed to that, man? Like, why, why were we not able to, was it the equipment? What was it that we weren't able to translate? Because what they're doing is they're obviously a refined translation of um, technical drawing skill and, and composition and shading and, you know, light source and all these different things. They're implementing this stuff that's been around forever. What was lacking back then that we couldn't do that? I think there's a handful of things that all play in. And I think one of them is that a lot of these younger kids, they are not like crazy party mongers, you know? Like uh, there's also a lot of information available. So the everything you want to learn is at your fingertips. There's also, because of all, because of more disciplined uh, youngsters, more information available, there's more competition and there's more light being shown on our industry. So there's more press that attracts ambition. And so with the ambition, the availability of information, and, uh, and, 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 and all this, it just creates a boiling pot. And it's like the question of why was it that Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Ken Norton, and, and, and uh, all these fighters back then were amazing. Well, they were all amazing because they were all amazing. You know? And uh, I think some of it is just that there's a lot of amazing artists because there are a lot of amazing artists and they have to compete with each other. Right. It pushes, I mean, it pushes you, you know, these days jumping on Instagram. I think it can be overwhelming, you know, and I think people maybe lose sight of you got to let, like what we talked about earlier, you got to let what comes out just come out, you know, and not necessarily be so freaked out about, you know, what it is. Now, I think that yeah. with respect to tattooing and if you're trying to push, you know, your, your creative side tattooing, you have to be, you have to take into consideration those guidelines. And I think that you can look and say, well, like me, for instance, I 
have come to this place 20 years into tattooing where I have these elements of things that I like, traditional tattooing, kind of a street shop, heavy, mm -hmm. you know, black shading, that mentality of, of yeah. those images, classic. I love sacred geometry. Now, yeah. not just like, um, I'm talking about the geometry though of it, you know, with the, yeah. the golden mean and, and using a golden mean caliper in my composition and in my work. Yeah. And, you know, and I like, I think that lends itself to my love of tribal too. You know, I love that black work and, and um, so I'm kind of trying to mix all these things in with, yeah. uh, you know, patterns and traditional and um, it's fun. So I'm like focused on that, but mm -hmm. I'm also not worried. Like I try not to worry about, okay, well this drawing didn't necessarily come out exactly as I wanted it. It's just what it came right. out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But, yeah, it's easy to, to uh, in that excitement and ambition, it's easy for those to rule when really we need to let our own inner artist rule, you yeah. know? And uh, especially uh, youngsters, I, I think it's easy to kind of be, you know, blindly ambitious, you know, and just try to make the, you know, make your Robert De Niro portrait a little bit better than everyone else's or whatever. And forget to like be like, well, but how would you draw it if you just drew it? You know, like like let's say nobody gave a fuck and you're on an island. Like, what would your Robert De Niro portrait look like then? Right. You no. Know? Yeah. Absolutely, man. It's uh, it's a whole new it's a whole new ball game these days, man. And it's fun yeah. and and it, like I said, I I think it's it's been said too many times, man. It's exciting, you know, but it is. It's, it is. It really is. Um, there is, though, that other side of tattooing right now. I was just having a conversation um, with a guy yesterday. Mm -hmm. There is this high-level, high-end, you know, almost fine art aspect of tattooing where guys are getting paid, you know, a lot of money. And there's still that street shop-like segment of the, uh, of the industry where yeah. guys are... That's um, the root of our culture. Yeah. It's really, our culture is rooted there. Um, you know, the art goes all these different places, but really, like, if we are a tribe, our tribe has a culture, and our culture is rooted in the street shop. Right, right. That's all the fun shit, all the stories we talk about are all things that reminisce of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where, how do you think, um, you know, because those two, those two worlds are so different, and you got a lot of guys struggling in street shops, and a lot of guys that are doing good in street shops and trying to make it to that next level yeah. of tattooing to where they can be more selective. What do you think the traits are that, that a tattooer needs to have today to be able to separate themselves from the masses and to make an impact with their own art? Well, I think the same thing I've always kind of thought, which is that a, you have to work on your craft and you have to work in your craft. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to work in it by doing tattoos, showing up at work. You have to work on it by doing extracurricular artwork that inspires you and, and that steers your big ship. Yeah. You know, um, you have to, uh, a tattooer has to love people. You, you, you have to, on some level or another, we can be grumpy or whatever, however it pans out, but we really, we gotta care about people and we gotta try to be a people person because people are your canvas, right. you know? And, and the thing is, is like a lot of tattooers will get booked. I know in my case, like, and over half the reason I get booked is because people want to hang out with this weirdo. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just, it is what it is. But people love you and they want to be around you. There's a million people can draw. That's nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, most of them work in video game caves and no one knows who they are. <laughs> right. You know? 
Exactly. Yeah. When did that realization to you, when did that realization for you come that it was people, cause that's what I've said this many times. Like you will always have people tattooing out of their houses for, you know, a six pack of beer and a high five, you know, or whatever it is, because that is an environment that is fun. And some people want to experience that, you know, it's yeah. the experience of that and not, not that that's right to do, but it's the experience no. and people will yeah. have that and will seek that out. When did you come to that realization that, hey, you know what, people are coming to me not only because I'm good at as, as an artist, but because this personality, this part of my business? I, I, you know, I don't know when exactly, but I've known it most of my career. Uh, it was funny, like I was such a fuck up as a kid that like I didn't know I had any redeeming features in my life until uh, I was uh, in high school and I was pulled out of class. I got into some trouble. And the school counselor said the most amazing shit to me. She said, uh, you know, you're a leader and we're going to put you in this class with these other leaders. And you might think you don't, you don't fit in. But when you turn around, there's people behind you going, where do we go next? You know, and I didn't I never thought of that before. And when she said that, I somehow sensed that that could be used in a positive fashion. I still mostly use it to convince people to steal beer. But, you know, like, <laughs> but uh, but I did. Uh, so I've kind of known that I have some kind of whatever, you know, going on. Yeah. With, and uh, for most of my adult life, I've tried to use it in a positive kind sure. of thing. But it's definitely where a lot of my clientele comes from, you know? I'm just a wacky fucker. I like yeah. hanging out with me, you know? Why not? Totally, <laughs> man. I love it. I love it. Outside of tattooing, outside of the shop and, and extracurricular painting, what shit do you like doing? Is there anything outside of that? Uh... What? <laughs> right? No, Abla. No. Um, uh, I mean, I like, I like, fuck, man. I like to do just about anything. I like a lot of shit. Um, I like nature. Um, I like going, I like, I love football. Uh, you know, the American football. Yes. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I like, I watch soccer when I'm in Europe. Yeah. You know, but I'm American. I watch football. <laughs> I, uh, I love to, uh, me and a, a buddy of mine from Detroit, this guy Bull from Liquid Chaos, yeah. we go to different stadium every year. I love and, it. Uh, yeah. So I've been seeing fun. those. I've been seeing those pictures since I had Bull. I met Bull. Who did I met? I met Bull through um, Hassan Asari, who uh, I had on my show, my other podcast early, early on. He introduced me to Bull. I still I still talk to Bull, man. That's a cool Bull's motherfucker. Bull's my homie, man. He's one of the coolest motherfuckers in the world, man. Yep. It's hilarious. His fucking animals are cool. His kids are cool. His wife is hot. Like, he's awesome. Everything yeah. in this world is awesome. He's a cool-ass motherfucker. Yeah, man, he sure. is. Yeah. You know what? I find that that's what you get a lot of in this business is yeah. cool ass motherfuckers. People can talk shit and they can be bummed and they can, you know, you can find negative shit to, to talk about. But you know what? Ultimately, if you want to, you can surround yourself with, with cool, like-minded motherfuckers in this industry. And have a peanut and jelly because it's sticky, but I ain't the one. Right. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> yep. So... Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. What's up next for you, dude? Um, what's the day-to-day -day operation? Is the, is the shop up there in Seattle and, and what else? Well, day-to-day uh, -day operation, we got to, well, I mean, this is Pride weekend, so it's going to get a little crazy around here this weekend. They put uh, rainbows in the uh, crosswalks, like on every corner right around wow. here. Cool. And I mean, and this neighborhood goes off, bro. Yeah. It's like, I know we're up here in the Shire in the Northwest, but it's, it's, it's on one, yeah. especially in the summer. And then uh, at the end of next month, it's block party. 
So where they close off the neighborhood and like a half, I mean like a hundred feet from my shop door, there's going to be a massive stage with headliner bands playing and shit. shit. So, uh, so, you know, that'll be going off. Uh, and other than that, we're just having fun. Like I got a big wide open 2,400 square foot place, man. And we make art and we, you know, we make tattoos on people and we laugh at stupid shit and eat good food and you know, that's awesome, man. Having fun, man. Yeah, so, yeah. You're making memories, right? Yeah. What do, you, what do you think about this digital stuff that's going on right now? That's another aspect of the game that is drastically. <laughs> Chris is laughing at me over there when you said digital stuff. Uh, we were just talking the other day about like uh, like one of our artists has one of these uh, uh, digitizer pads where you actually draw on it, like a Cintiq, like a Wacom. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you can see the image you're drawing right on yep. it, and. Um, and uh, me and Chris both want to get those. And we were actually talking about how uh, something that we hadn't thought of, which is going from a, a Wacom tablet where you're drawing on your pad, but you're seeing it on screen, to the Cintiq where you're drawing on the surface, is uh, if you use the Wacom tablet for very long, you might get used to drawing without having your hand in the way. Right. You always see all the image, including where your hand would be. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every, every other time you're drawing, you're drawing and you're not seeing what's behind your hand. You got to step back from it a bit. Right, right. But in, when you're drawing with a Wacom tablet to the screen, you can see the whole image the whole time. So there's advantages to not having your hand in front of the artwork. Yeah. Um, but we're going to get those screens anyway and we're going to tech out and, and get weird and make cool shit. Cause it's awesome. great, man. And I think, you know what? The price points come down enough. Like I was talking to those dudes. Um, I, I'm, I'm getting one of those. Uh, I'm getting the, uh, the Wacom Cintiq Companion. And now this is going to be an interesting. I'll do. I'm going to throw up on my. Uh, I still don't know a lot about this. So, so basically, the, the, the Cintiq Companion is the. It's a 13 inch HD. Um, tablet that is a that is a computer it's a window-based computer um you can plug a mac into it and and work off a mac operating system as well which i'm stoked about because i do have a macbook um and it's 13 inches you can you can render full you know hd anything you can do on the big one you can do on this little one and um what i'm excited to try and this will be it's coming from a guy who's i played around on him you know, mm-hmm. I've played around on the iPad. Uh, I'm pretty much a tracing paper guy, but I'm hating it. The more and more I do it, I hate it, man. I hate the fucking shit on my my hand. I hate it getting it it's on my fucking. There are ways to do it now. I get Why? it on my face. I'm just like know. you know, <laughs> walking around with like looking like I'm playing football. You know, with streaks under my eyes um, in the shop. But um, what I'm excited about is even from a street shop mentality. You know, somebody comes in, I pull it. They want something off of Pinterest or off of Google, or they got a they got an image, I can immediately pull that kind of reference up into my, you know, project right away and reference right right off of it. I don't have to go to my phone and copy it off a printer or even print it off and get that lapse, that, that loss of translation to the image. And, um, and they make fucking printers out of ink. You still got the image, dude, totally. (laughs) And, um, for sure. I mean, you could use that right there as a light table, but I think it's just cleans up that process and I'm excited to do it. Even if it's just sketching in light red pencil, you know, the equivalent of a light red pencil and building that up just like my normal process is, um, I think it's just cleaner and you can do print now with the technology that they have with the, I think, have you heard that, 
uh, Spirit and Brother got hooked up, and they yeah. uh, that the Spirit that the stencil company and Brother Printers hooked up, and they made a printer that you can print direct from stencil direct from computer. Oh, so it's like three, yeah, yeah. something like three hundred DPI like image. You can actually get gray shade, you know, shades in it. I think is what they said. How those translate on the skin though? Because I remember they had like a gradation stencil machine i don't know like eight years ago or something mm-hmm. that i saw and uh and when you stenciled it on like that shit all just blurred you know? yeah you know what i mean it may be like that like probably just get back to the old school cross you know crosshatch type have, style but but they may have figured out a translation where you make the dots smaller for printing on that than you would for a right. photo you know what i mean or yeah oh, there, there's workarounds yeah absolutely i mean it's interesting to to see so it'll be cool for me like a guy, you know, 20 years street shop, like fucked around with digital, but never really got into it super hard. I'm mm-hmm. interested to see what that learning curve is going to be for, for a guy like me, because I mean, that's yeah. the, you know, the biggest block of the, of the, tr- of the pyramid, the tattoo pyramid is guys like me who are in a street shop and they're, they're looking at stuff that's either going to set them apart or make their job easier so that they can do their work better. Sometimes it can be easier, especially like you, you know that you're going to learn it. You're going to buy the stuff and you're going to learn it. So, so uh, knowing that, uh, not having previous uh, information or not having a, a vast expanse of it may make it easier for you to learn because you won't have a bunch of other ideas of right. what's supposed to be happening. You're just yeah. going to be like, well, I'm supposed to do this. I do this. Boom, it worked, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's... Um I think it's going to be fun. You know, I, I'm looking forward to being able to, you know, not have eraser bits all in my bed and shit like that. You know, <laughs> oh, dude, dude, my living room is probably coated in eraser bits. <laughs> no, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. I didn't know how uh, a guy that, you know, like yourself, who does a lot of, I mean, you know, hand to paper and hand to canvas and stuff like that. Um, yeah. How that if, if you separate if you separate that and use it as a as a part of the process, like maybe just for tattooing, you know, because you have to get things down to a simplified version for the... Well, I look at it, I look at it like this. Like, the movie industry uh, and TV and special effects have always used uh, these tools that we're starting to pick up on as concept development tools. Yes. You know, um, and so that's what they are. They're for developing concepts. Our finished medium is outside the computer and, uh, and, and always will be, hopefully. And... Uh, and so, so, so to use these concept development mediums, we're using them for exactly what they were intended to be used for. Right. Um, I will always use those to develop ideas. I'll, I'll always paint, you know. So, but if I can draw better concept developments in shorter period of time with more tools, because the thing is, is drawing on paper, you run into the push-pull limit. You know, like no matter what medium you're using, eventually you're going to destroy your paper or your, or your surface or you're going to build it up too much and you're not going to be able to push and pull. And in pushing and pulling is where you develop your lighting, your concept. That's where all the change can happen. And that's where the soft idea in your head can become a hard, flushed out thing on paper. And the more you can push and pull, the more ideas you can put on paper and the better you can do it. So in the computer, there is actually no limit to the amount you can push and pull. Now, there's a rat pull there because you can sit there and tweak out and get into it and never finish a fucking drawing. 
But you do have the ability to flush out just about anything. You want to start with vague, shadowy shapes and see what they turn into? Go for it. You want to, you know, you want to start with a hard outline, but then play with moving that outline around or multiplying it or, or multiplying it in rotation. Or do you want to turn a human body into a sacred geometry by multiplying it uh, 25 times in a circular pattern starting at the foot and see what kind of mandala that makes? You know? Like you can do that in a second. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there's obviously a lot of advantages. Cool, man. I, I love it. I love, I love it that you, that you have been doing this so long. You're so in, entrenched in the analog way of doing things, but you're open to the new medium, new tools, new experience like that. Well, 23 years ago, I was a 3D modeler, you know, so I've, so I've been in the computer uh, okay. thing you know and for professionally and so I there's a part of my mind that always thinks about how this would work in the computer and compares computer processes to uh, analog processes awesome man awesome Damon dude 110 days sober congratulations man um, I think the the future is bright for you brother it's it's exciting to see you can see that sense of excitement you know you can hear it in your voice it's yeah. great so um, yeah. let's I've been this excited about art probably in 15 years almost, or yeah. almost since I was new, a yeah. pup, a wee little pup. Yeah, man. Well, tell people where they can uh, find out, look at your artwork, if they wanted to get tattooed, to get on your waiting list, or get a piece, travel yeah. schedule, all that. Where can people find out more about your work? Yeah, well, the easiest place to check it out is on Instagram at Damon underscore Conklin. Um, uh, on Facebook, also um, through Damon Conklin or Super Genius Tattoo. Uh, my shop number is 206-322-1630. We're at 1419 uh, 10th Avenue, right off of the corner of uh, Pike and Broadway. Uh, we're in the middle of the woo and the hey. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's like 10 of us here with a variety of styles making awesome, fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great place. So check us out. Great, man. Cover it. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. 100%, man. People can right. find out more if they, if they want. There's a which my mouth moves where attention can no longer really be paid. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's all right. You didn't hit it. You didn't hit it, man. I'm, I'm digging it. Thank you, Damon. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure talking to you, brother. Thank you, Joe. It's fun talking to you too, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed another episode of Sullen Radio. Please check out the sponsors, Sullen Clothing, Kingpin Tattoo Supply, Inky's Tattoo Products, Blackflies Eyewear, Wacom, and Tattoos Cure Cancer. If you'd like to get uh, some discounts, you can use the following promo codes at kingpintattoosupply.com. If you use the promo code SUPERLINER15, that's SUPERLINER15, you're going to get 10% off all of their SUPERLINER needles. God, that sounds fucking weird. SUPERLINER15. Needles. I don't know. Does it sound weird to anybody else? I don't fucking know. Use the promo code SUPERLINER15 and get 10% off some needles from Kingpin, kingpintattoosupply.com. Inkies Tattoo Products, if you go over there, inkies.com, you can use the promo code SULLENRADIO, and you're going to get a free sample pack of Inkies products. So those two promo codes, go start using them up, guys. Get the discounts. Get the free shit. I appreciate it. 
thank you very much. Stay tuned for some more stuff. I, I'm trying to get some other things in the works for you guys. So uh, keep listening. Keep enjoying. Hit me up on the website or in an email if you uh, have any questions, comments, or uh, want to get tattooed. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Keep hustling.